everyone. Uh, This is Charlie Lofton. Welcome to the Grove Church Cultivate podcast. I'm the lead pastor there. I'm really glad that all of you have joined us today. And one of the things that is a really important value at the Grove is that we like on Sunday mornings for our sermons to really be, we use the word relevant, even though that that word is often overused. But by, by, by relevant, we mean that what we talk about on Sunday is real practical, that it that will impact the day-to-day of your life all throughout the week. But too often, when everything, when most of your Sunday morning sermons can be real practical in nature, one of the things that can sometimes get lost is having a good, solid grasp and basis of good Christian theology. And so what we're going to do for a few episodes here, and we'll, we'll come back to this several times over the future of this podcast, is we're going to spend some time just making sure that we are grounded in just kind of some of the basic belief systems and and theology of being a Christian. And so before we even get into that, I think it is important for us to make sure we understand what what theology really means and how each of us can really kind of grow in our ability to think theologically. And so what is theology? Well, I mean, at its simplest, I mean, I think you, you most of us know this. When you have ology at the end of a word, um, that you know that is um, the study of something. So, biology, you know, the study of life; psychology, the study of the mind; sociology, the the study of you know social interactions of groups and people. Well, theology is the study of God, coming from the the, the prefix there. Theo coming from the Greek word theos, meaning God. So this is the study of God. And so theology is simply, I mean, Christian theology is, you know, what do we believe about certain things? And as we as Christians think about theology, there's several different ways that people will study or try to understand theology. And the first one is called biblical theology, which, I mean, when you hear that name, that it's biblical theology, like, bro, what what would the other categories be if, like, like that's what Christian theology should be, is biblical. But let me explain what, what is meant by biblical theology. Biblical theology is, like, you look at a particular book of the Bible, a particular author of the Bible, or section, or whatever, and say, what 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 is the theology of this book? So, if you take all of Paul's letters, and you look only at Paul's letters, you would say, what is what is Paul's theology? Or you look at just the Gospels and say, what, and, and you just look at things Jesus said. What is Jesus' theology? I mean, you can speculate on other things Jesus probably believes, but what about just the things that he says in the Gospels? If all we had was that, that would be like the, the, the theology of the Gospels, the theology of the Old Testament. And so people categorize the different parts of theology not in terms of the different categories that uh, or topics, but in terms of different sections or authors in the scripture. Another way to study and approach theology is historically, which is to look at how different groups of people or different parts of the church, how what they believed has changed or changed over time, how it's been shaped by its culture, and how belief systems within the Christian church are changed and shaped over history and how, again, the influences on that and you know what, what are the common threads between, say, first century Christian theology and 21st Christian theology. I mean, 
you know, 21st century America versus 7th century Egypt. I mean, you can do all sorts of things in kind of categorizing Christian beliefs in terms of its history. But the, the approach that we will take, that we will spend the most of time talking about, is what is called systematic theology. And systematic theology is making sure that we understand different parts of Scripture um, in terms of the topic or the category that is being discussed. And so, what does the Bible say about Jesus? What do Christians believe about Jesus? What do Christians believe about the church? What do Christians believe about the Holy Spirit? And so, you have these different categories of belief system, of, of, of things that Christians believe, and you break them down into these different categories. And then when they, these major categories, you can break them down into subcategories. And then you start to think about what the Bible teaches about God and life, and, and you think about it in terms of these different theological categories. Now, typically in systematic theology, there are 10 different primary subcategories in which Christians think and process and kind of categorize their theology. I will give those 10 to you, and these will be all be very fancy words. You may need to kind of slow down and um, write these down. I'll be giving you definitions for them as well. And so the 10 primary categories, the first one is called theology proper. And the reason why it's called theology proper is if theology is the study of God, theology proper is the, is the category of overarching theology of what Christians believe about what we specifically believe about the person of God. So the primary category that will go into this is what, is the, what does the church believe? What do we believe about the Trinity? What does the Bible teach about, you know, God is three persons, God the Father, God the Son, those things. And then the different attributes of God, all-knowing, loving, um, omnipresent, and, you know, all of the different attributes of God. So what does the Bible teach? What do we believe about who God is, both in his nature and in his character? So the first one is theology proper. Bibliology would be the study of the Bible. What do we believe about the Bible? Is it just a... a, a a collection of writings? Is it inspired by God? What is the appropriate way to learn and understand it? And so how, what do Christians believe about, again, the nature of the Bible and how best to approach it? The third one, angelology, which is probably the one that you can probably write the definition of yourself, which is the study of angels. What do we believe about angels? And under that also goes what do we believe about Satan and demons? Basically, that, that, that kind of supernatural, those supernatural creatures that are all throughout the Bible. What does the Bible say about who they are and their purpose? Uh, number four, anthropology, which um, is also a, a study outside of Scripture as well. But what does the Bible say? What do we believe about people? In the same way with theology proper, what is our nature? And what are the characteristics? What makes a person... A person, and what does the Bible say is in the very nature of of people? Number five, which ties very closely with what the Bible and what Christians believe about anthropology, is hamartiology, and that comes from another Greek word, hamartia, which is the word that is most often translated as sin. So, what do we believe about sin? About not just the acts of sin, but is there a sin nature? Where does sin come from? So what is sin? Hamartiology. Number six, Christology, which again, is probably you can go ahead and write the definition for that yourself. 
is a study of who Jesus is. Soteriology is the study of salvation. How do, how, how, what does it mean to be saved? How is one saved? What are the different ideas and thoughts about what it means to, you know, what does Jesus' death on the cross do? How do we get reconciled to God? What, what, what does salvation really mean? Pneumatology is the study of the Holy Spirit. Same, same as kind of we talked about with Christology, theology proper, specifically with the Holy Spirit, nature and attributes. And I guess also with, with the Holy Spirit too, like what is his role in the Christian's life? Ecclesiology is the study of the church. What, is, what does the Bible say about the church? What it's supposed to do, what it's supposed to be, its mission. And finally, eschatology, which some people's least favorite and some people's most favorite, which is the study of what's going to happen in the end times. And so you put those 10 categories together. If you find yourself in some sort of systematic theology class with some sort of book, you find yourself um, in a seminary class or a Bible class of some kind and say you're going to study systematic theology more times than not, those are the 10 categories that we're going that, that to break things down into. And so it is important for us as Christians, as we think about what we believe, we spend a lot of time, again, I said this, we spend a lot of time at the Grove talking about who we are, what it is that God has called us to, how we are supposed to live, but really understanding who we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to live, it really needs to be grounded in what we believe, what we believe about the nature of God, what we believe about Jesus, what we believe about ourselves and what we believe about our sin, what we believe about salvation and what Jesus did for us. And really, very often, the things that we say that we're supposed to be about and the things that we say about God, about ourselves, are rooted in our theology, whether or not we recognize it or not. And so I think it is important for us as followers of Christ to make sure that we have a lot of clarity in our own mind about what it is that we specifically believe and who God really is. And the more that we are able to do that, the more grounded we can be in our belief system, the more then we have a stronger foundation for who it is that we are supposed to be. The more that we understand that love is, in, is, is part of God's very nature and that we are created in his image, you know, and so that's a little bit of theology proper, a little bit of anthropology there. Um, that helps us, hey, okay, well that, that's one of the things that we need to be about is loving other people. The Bible says that we were created to be in relationships with one another, okay? So that 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 kind of informs the, the purpose of church and who God has called us. And we, the more we learn about sin and how our, our nature and our actions have essentially been corrupted, we understand a lot more about ourselves, about each other, about the world. And about really what's being what we're being called to do, and the and the more we understand the depths and the nature of sin, the more we understand the purpose and the need for Jesus. I mean, I think most of us would just be doing really, really well if, when you are sitting at church and you hear a pastor say, you know, and Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Man, if you had some real understanding about the the depths of what that statement means theologically. And the different aspects of it. I mean, there's there's a lot of theology just in that very simple statement. Who is Jesus? How do you die for sin? And what does that mean that he died for sin? And what is sin anyway? 
And so often we use these kind of fairly rich theological statements, but we use them so often that we neglect to really understand the depth of the meaning and really the theology behind it. And so I want to make the case for you that it is really important for you to be able to think and understand theology and to understand who God is, who I am, who the church is, what the world is like, because once we understand these different things, we can have a lot more clarity and certainty and understanding about who we are and what it is that God has called us to. Now, when talking about theology, I mean, it, it, it can sound like, it can sound a little bit boring. I mean, here you are listening to a podcast and I'm sitting here to tell you how important it is to think theologically. And that can sound a little boring. It can sound a little like, what difference does that really make? And again, I want to make this, I want to make this case for you because sometimes we can think about theology just in terms of, oh man, this is kind of things that you can think about it negatively that, well, this is just the kind of thing that Christians argue about, like these beliefs, these different beliefs. Or you can think about it in terms of really, you know, maybe, maybe you like this. Well, that's kind of, it's kind of fun to debate these things. It's kind of fun to think about things. And I, I want you to be able to categorize the different, not just the different types, the, the different types of theology, of, of theology, these different categories, but how to think about even within those categories, how, how important is it? Because I think sometimes we too often dismiss theology because we don't think of it as incredibly important or because it can be so controversial and it's the kind of thing that kind of you feel like splits churches and it's over minor things. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll recall several episodes ago, we kind of talked about that, how these points of theology can split the church. And too often, one of the reasons why is we don't understand the difference between a major theological issue and a minor theological issue. And to the point we can't even understand the difference between a minor theological issue and a way to kind of practice our faith, just a simple way of, of doing church, which isn't necessarily theological. And so we'll fight about these things and we'll fight as if they are major when in fact that they're minor. And so I think it is important for us to understand what is... What are the major things? Like, what are the what are the, the the major, most important theological things, issues, topics, beliefs of being a Christian? And so, what I would like to do is, I would like to give you four different categories, four different categories, not just of of you know of the topics, but even within those topics, I, f- I feel like we need to kind of have this internal ranking system of what what matters, and to what degree. So I'm going to give you these four categories. And the first one, we're just going to call these things that are essential. And so when I use the word essential, essentially what I mean by that is that these beliefs are essential to becoming a Christian. If you believe these things, you are a Christian. If you don't believe these things, you are not a Christian. I mean, there are things that make Christians Christians and Muslims Muslims. There's things that make a Christian, and there's things, well, if you believe that, you're in fact an atheist. If you believe that, you are a Mormon. If you believe that, you are uh, a Muslim. You are a Buddhist. And there are things that distinctively make someone a Christian that are essential to Christian faith. And so 
if you, I mean, if you're out on a, on a, on a run or driving or something like this, you can't do this, but I would encourage you if you're in any other kind of situation, I would, I would encourage you maybe just to pause it right now and to ask yourself, what would you put in that list? The things that are absolutely essential that if you believe them, you are a Christian. And if you don't, you're not the things that are critical that every Christian must believe. I encourage you just kind of do that. I think it's a really good thought exercise because it kind of really helps us to think about the basic core nature of Christian. So you are talking to somebody who does not know, maybe they don't know anything about Christianity and they're thinking, but I'm, I'm interested. Like, like here are the things that you need to believe to understand in order to really be a Christian. And so I'll just give you a, I'll just give you a few I mean, obviously, the belief in in God is one, but I think not just God generically, capital G God, singular, one God, and a theistic God. And by theistic God, we mean a God that created everything and is actively interested and engaged in the universe. God is not someone who created the universe and walked away and isn't interested. God is an engaged, personal God. I believe in a creator personal God. I mean, I think that is absolutely essential. I think understanding who Jesus is, at least on some level, that, I mean, he's not just a dude. Maybe we don't have a really clear definition or understanding of what Trinity means and how Jesus can be God and a person and how that works. But I think at a minimum, there has to be this level of understanding that Jesus is more than a person. Son of God means something. It is a huge category difference. I would say that I think there does need to be some basic understanding of the deity of Jesus, that Jesus is not just simply a person or a super person, but is God. I would put the deity of Christ in that. And then with that, I would put that he was also a person, that he became a person. That's called the dual nature of Christ, that Jesus is both of these at the same time. I think that is essential because to really understand who Jesus is, I mean, he has to have the power to die and the ability to die for our sins, but he also needs to be one of us in order to be able to do that. And so that is historically, I mean, for 2,000 years, that has been the church's position and I think is absolutely essential to, to just basic Christian faith. And I think the third thing that I would add to that would be what we'll just call substitutionary atonement the belief that what we mean when we say that Jesus died for our sins, that I was a sinner, I was, I, was, I was separated from God, and Jesus' death was for me. He died in my place so that I could have a relationship with God again. Now, these are uh, all these things that we're just kind of touching on will eventually be covered in future episodes, but I would put those as the essentials. Anytime I have this conversation, people are like, well, what about the Bible? You need to believe that the Bible is, is the word of God or, you know, um, you, need, you need to understand a little bit more about the Trinity. And we, and we put all these things in there, but I think it is important, man. We just kind of, we narrow it down. You're talking to your seven-year-old and your seven-year-old says that they want to get baptized and they want to follow Jesus. What are the critical bare bones things that you would need to make sure that they understand? Oh man, but ugh. But really, a belief in, in the scriptures is really, really critical, right? Which leads us to our second category. The essential things are the things that without, you are not a Christian. 
The, the foundational things is my second category are the things that you can become a Christian by knowing all of these things, but there are, are some essential ideas that you have to be pretty set on early on, or even though you've become a Christian, um, if you're not set on some of these really critical ideas, um, you're going you're gonna to start wandering from the faith pretty quickly. And that's where I would put our theology and understanding of the Bible that the Bible as God's authoritative word to us. I don't necessarily want to drop the word inerrant yet as far as like that's a foundational thing because I don't know that like, oh man, I don't know if all the numbers in the Bible are accurate. I think you could probably get away with that as long as you powerfully believed that this is the authoritative word of God. And, we, and if I want to know who God is and who I am, when I read the Bible, I recognize that as authoritative in my life. I think that is foundational. I'm not saying, don't freak out, that I don't believe in inerrancy. I do, and we will talk about that at some other point. But I'm just saying, it is at, at, this, at, this, at this next level of theology, I think it is incredibly important for us to make sure that we understand that the Bible is God's authoritative word. And so in this foundational piece, I think there's just kind of deeper levels of understanding of the things that we've even talked about just in the, the essential, the very nature of God. I think now we got to really have a good, solid definition and understanding of the Trinity. We need to have a deeper level of understanding of what it means that Jesus was full, fully God and emptied himself and became a man. We need to really understand the depths of what does it mean that Jesus died for me? I think we need to have a real solid understanding about the the penalty and nature of sin. I mean, these kinds of things that are that are foundational to really being able to walk and live as a Christian. My third category would be things that are important. These are the kind of things that, you know, Christians will have different opinions about, and they're really important, but I don't think these are the kinds of things that should divide. Up until this point, I mean, I feel like these things are, up to this point, are critical issues enough that Christians need, need to, for lack of a better word, we need to fight over these things. We need to, we need to strongly defend them I mean, to one another and say, hey, if we are going to be Christians, we need to believe these things. I think there's some other ones that are out there that are really important, but I think that we can still be unified. And the main one that I put into this category is our understanding of the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of different ideas of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does, but the two main ones, I mean, there's are, are, are between charismatics and evangelicals. And as far as people who believe in a second blessing of the Holy Spirit and the, the supernatural gifts that come with that. And there are people that don't really believe that. And that's a really important issue to understand, to, have a, to, to know what the Bible says, to figure out what you believe about that. And it's going to really affect you, but I don't think it should separate us from being where we can't fellowship and love and really be partners with one another. And so they're of importance. What you believe about the church is of great importance. Um, these are things that like, will really send you one way or another and help you really understand who you are as a Christian, but shouldn't necessarily divide us. And finally, my last category are things that are interesting. They're just things that the Bible talks about that are kind of fascinating. People like to talk about, can be really cool to debate, but really aren't like critical. I mean, 
I would I would put and some people won't like this. I would put eschatology end time study into that. I would put the study of demons and angels into that. I mean, I think there are some things in there that are a little bit important, but by and large, man, a lot of people will just get into the weeds about how demons and and Satan came to be and you know the very specifics of the timeline of what Revelation says is going to happen. And those can be fascinating, interesting discussions, but I don't think that they should consume us at the level that these other ones do. And so as we begin to think theologically about what the Bible teaches, about who God is, about who you are, about who Jesus is, about the way life is supposed to be, about sin, about the church, about the Holy Spirit, all these things, I think it's important for us to have these two different sets of categories. I have the category that um, is on the topics. I understand which topic this goes into, and it helps me have this greater picture of this particular topic. But then I also understand the relative weight of each particular issue. I understand the difference between something that is what distinguishes Christians from non-Christians. I understand the issues that are of such critical importance that the church has historically defended them for 2,000 years. But I also understand that there are some issues that don't rise to that level, but are really important to have thought through. And then I also have a category for things that are just simply interesting. Because what that will do is allow us to to be solid in the things that are most important and not allow our particular individual theological beliefs to provide, to, to, to lead to disunity between churches and between Christians. Because what we believe as Christians are meant to bring us unity, not disunity. So we need to be united around the things that are critical and have good-hearted, spirited debate about the other things, because when you're able to do that, we have the foundation together of what is absolutely critical, and we can have good discussion on the other. It allows us to sharpen and encourage one another, and it should not, we should not allow it to divide us. And so what we're going to do over the next few episodes is just spend some time talking about some of these really important theological concepts. But before we even got into that, I wanted to make sure that we even had our brains in the right place to be able to think rightly about theology. So I hope that you will continue to join us over these next few episodes as we kind of spend some time talking about that. And again, we'll be coming back and forth uh, in and out of talking some theological topics all throughout this podcast. And so encourage you to find all of those and, and to listen to them. And as always, thank you so much for joining us. We would love to see you at the Grove Church sometime on a Sunday. You can, if you live in the area, you can find us at thegrovechurch.org slash connect. And you can find out everything you need about visiting, being there on a Sunday, or you can join us online. We're streaming our services live every Sunday on YouTube and Facebook. Either way, we would love for you to join us. And thanks again for joining us today.